My name is Rose Cortine and you're listening to the Talking Teenage Life podcast. This is a podcast that explores people's experiences in their teenage years and what they've learnt since. Thank you for joining us today. I will be interviewing Bridget McIntyre. Hello, Bridget. Hello. So let's start off with talking about your teenage years. Where were you as a teenager? So I was in Bury in Lancashire. Yeah. Um, so I moved up there with my parents and family yeah. when I was two. Um, and I stayed there from the age of two to when I was 18. Um, yeah. yeah. So north of England. Very good. Yeah. Um, who did your family include? So, um, there's mum and dad, and then I had um, an elder brother and an elder sister. So yeah. I was the youngest. Uh, five years between my brother and I. Did you get on with your brother and sister? Um, I got on fine, but actually, uh, when I look back at it, um, I was that youngest child, and I lived in my own little world. So my brother and sister were quite connected, and we yeah. grew together, and I just lived in my little little world of positivity. Yeah. Um, how did you find school as a child? Um, so I had, I had two very different experiences of school. So in junior school, I had one experience, which was actually fine. I was I yeah. well. Um, but when I went to senior school, it was actually hard it wasn't hard in that I didn't enjoy school because I really yeah. enjoyed school. However, I wasn't very good at school. And when All I right. say good, I don't just mean I wasn't very good at it, i.e. not academically good, yeah. but I was a bit mischievous. I... <laughs> yeah. Um, when I look back at that, I think it was because I was a little bit bored. Um, All right. But it was also because um, I had found things I loved. Yeah. So at that age, did you have like a clear idea of what you wanted to do in the future? Um, if you um, if you look back, absolutely not. Yeah, absolutely not. Um, all I knew at the time, um, at one time, I wanted to be a policewoman. Yeah, but at that time, I uh, I'm quite small, as you can tell. I'm five foot, just over five foot two, and at that time. Uh, Police woman had to be a certain height, so I had yeah. to grade on height. But I kind of fancied being a police woman. Um, but actually, I didn't know what I wanted to do. But I all I knew was each time when I did my O levels, GCSEs yeah. now, I knew I wanted to do A levels. When I did my A levels, I knew I wanted to go to university. When I went yeah. to university, I then started to find where I wanted to go. Yeah. But I just knew I wanted almost the entry ticket to the get to the next thing. Yeah. I hadn't found anything I really loved when I was at school. Yeah. So I hadn't got a clear sense of direction. So you mentioned you wanted to go to university. Did you then go to university? Yeah, yeah I did. So, um, I, as I said, I wasn't... Um, my sister was very clever. And so the school teachers would always say, if only you could be like your sister. Yeah. And I couldn't, and neither should you be. Yeah. Your sister. You don't need to be like your sister. Yeah. You need to be yourself. Um, be original. Yeah, yeah. be yourself. And, and just be that um, and enjoy that. Um, but I... Um, no, I didn't, I don't know, it wasn't clear to me. Yeah. Clear, yeah. So if you didn't have anything that like struck out to you, what did you 
take the what did you go to university for so I did business so because I wasn't good at anything yeah. <laughs> uh, in particular so I did uh, a levels I did English French and history and general studies yeah and um and I just got good enough results to get into university just scraped through I have to do just scraped through but that's yeah. what matters and I worked quite hard to get them so it wasn't yeah. like I was lazy I just wasn't I didn't learn the way I was taught to yeah. learn at school but what I um I had when I was at school we had a school tuck shop yeah and um I ran the school tuck shop and I kind of enjoyed that yeah. yeah so that was like a bit of a mini business thing yeah and my dad was a businessman and when I went um in the school holidays my mum taught so sometimes I'd go with dad to work because yeah. he needed to be somewhere to be looked after and um so I'd go to work with dad and I quite enjoyed it yeah um and um I'm quite chatty and I like people <laughs> And so that really works. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so moving on to your career, what was your first job? Well, well, career job or first ever job? First ever job. So um, first ever job was at a cake shop. So I always had a Saturday yeah. job. So um, as it was kind of interesting. My mum and dad weren't very keen that we had Saturday jobs. Yeah. But I wanted to earn some money and I wanted to choose my own clothes and I wanted yeah. to have a bit more kind of freedom we yeah have when you have money so um I got myself a Saturday job and I worked at Silvio's yeah. cake shop and um and I used to do the cake display in the morning yeah um and um I loved it I just loved it yeah. I liked serving people and yeah um, yeah it was good it was it was fun so I always had work I always found like, yeah different jobs to do all the way through my teenage years yeah so then what was your first job in job, job. your yeah so um, when I did, um, I did a business degree and um, I specialised in finance. So if you want to kind of yeah. make me out, you're kind of duller and duller now you're an accountant. So I kind of did finance. I was good at yeah. So my first kind of, uh, when you do a degree like that, you have a year out. My year out yeah. was with an accountant. So I worked with a firm of chartered accountants. Yeah. And so I did that for a year. But then when I left university, I thought, actually... Um, I still want to be an accountant, but I don't want to work in private practice. I want to be in a business. Yeah. So I got a good graduate scheme and I joined a company and trained and qualified as an accountant in business. Yeah. So you've always worked in big companies. Why do you think that is? Yeah, it's interesting because now I don't. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and sometimes, and I think sometimes kind of life opportunities arise and you, and you yeah. take them. I didn't necessarily want to choose big um I just wanted a good graduate scheme and bigger companies offer a good yeah. graduate scheme so that kind of happened and then um I wanted to work in different um areas of finance so I wanted to work in manufacturing so I found a company that would offer me a good opportunity yeah. in manufacturing and that was quite large then I went into publishing and found another company that was quite yeah. large so it wasn't like a big plan um but I guess in a way just what of, happened yeah and it was where the opportunities were yeah and um you know, and big isn't always good, but I got fantastic training. So, yeah. You know, I, got, I learned a lot by working for those companies. Yeah. And how did you get um, promoted into such a high, into such high positions? You know, I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I sometimes think I tried hard. Yeah. I tried hard. I think um, I, I was, I've always been an enthusiastic person. Yeah. And um, at school, they would say on my school reports, if only Bridget would curb her enthusiasm 
and her energy and actually yeah. that's what's got me through in life and that's really helped me in in business yeah so I've always had lots of enthusiasm lots of energy um yeah and I'll, I'll have a good go at stuff yeah I'll try really hard to make things happen um and I'll volunteer a lot so yeah. if there's a project coming up at work I always used to go you know I'll have a go at that or yeah I'll involved in that so I always did that um and I was an accountant and you know you might have an image of an accountant. Some people have, some ha- some people haven't. But accountants can be quite quiet people. Yeah. They can be quite um, introverted. And I'm quite chatty. So yeah. in a way, I stood out a little bit because I was a little bit different as yeah. an accountant. And so I think I stood out a little bit more. Um, that yeah. Me. And also, um, whilst I, I kind of got promoted as a woman in business in a time when women didn't get as many opportunities... Yeah. I got the opportunities partly because I was a woman, because people wanting to open their eyes yeah. to women opportunities. So I got, um, I didn't have to fight too hard. Yeah. I was given opportunities. Um, yeah, but I do sometimes look back and wonder why. But you know, <laughs> yeah. don't say no, do you? <laughs> um, so what would be one bit of advice you'd give to working or to having it um, success in a big organisation? Um, so in a big organisation... I think it's a lot about people and relationships and leadership and um, learning. Yeah. And um, I was always, I still am learning. I still am learning. I still constantly learning about stuff. So I'd say to somebody, keep learning and keep connecting well across the organisation. Yeah. And um, focus on doing a good job focus on doing things right and doing things well yeah Um, and I think that really helped you yeah and then find an organization that you fit into because if you fit into an organization it's much easier to work there yeah than if you don't because you have to act it out it's not easy yeah (laughs) um so yeah as you mentioned earlier you were like one of a few women who like helped lead a big um company do you think there's now a almost a glass ceiling for women to stop them from getting senior jobs or not um so i actually think the women before me uh, the generation before me had an incredibly hard job yeah i think they fought hard to get opportunities harder than um i had to i had to yeah and um so I think there's less of a glass ceiling. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely less of a glass ceiling. There is more opportunity. There is more interest in the fact that diversity and mix is good. So having men and women and, and different thinking and different yeah. different cultures and different backgrounds all makes a big difference and creates something better. So I think there's a there is more of that. Yeah. But can I tell you there's not enough. So Yeah. Um I want there to be more of that myself and I hope you know as time goes on there'll be more of that happening yeah and I hope that it it becomes easier to be yourself and not have to try and become something to fit in yeah to get the opportunity because I could never act so I had to be myself yeah um since like all your jobs you've taken up a lot of non-executive jobs how did you decide which company you'd choose to work for yeah, well <laughs> and partly who would yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah but that's one thing that's really important um in every job I went for I 
wanted to make sure that I was right for the company as well as they were right for me. They yeah. wanted me. So there's two ways. Because if I went, I did join a company where I wasn't right for the company and it was a difficult time for me. I didn't, yeah. it didn't work well and um, I moved on after nine months. So it wasn't, it wasn't the right thing. So I've always tried to be careful to make sure I'm, I'm a good fit yeah. for the organisation. Um, and um, I decided I wanted to be this thing called a non-exec director, which is a very odd role because what you come in is you only come in um, every month and you meet with the team who are running the business and you yeah. see the business and you see how the business is doing and then you leave again yeah. and, the, and the people are left to deliver. Yeah. But you're almost kind of helping them keep on keep on track and think about where they might go with their business. Yeah. It's a bit of independent thinking, you know, having someone to talk to, yeah. a group of friends type of thing. And so um, I had to find... Um, so first thing I had to do had to be in businesses that interested me. So, you know, I'm currently on the board of Adnams. Yeah. I love that company. I think it's a great <laughs> yeah. company. But it's a great company to work for. Lovely ethics. And I feel I fit really well with the kind of values of the company. Yeah. Um, and, and I work for also on um, a company called Gerald, which is a family business in Norwich. And, oh, right. Uh, retailing family um, and uh, property. So I can see how I fit in there. So I think um, I've had other ones as well. Yeah. So I've kind of really made sure I've got skills for them so they'd be interested in me. Then I'm interested in them because they're doing something that I think I can contribute to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, um, so you've had an amazing career and you've worked for one of the biggest companies in the UK. But what would um, your advice be for people who are just starting or want to go into leadership? Um, so my advice would be, um, build skill, build your skills, yeah. start to understand who you are. And that when I'm, when I say that, I mean, starting to understand what makes you tick, the way you work at your best, what your strengths and qualities are so that you can work out how you're going to use those. Yeah. So real, have a, a really good, um, self-awareness of who you are. Yeah. That really matters in leadership. Because then what you can do is then work out what your leadership style will be from using the, the mm. way you are. So say, for example, you're somebody who likes to kind of lead the troops, right? That can yeah. be style of leadership, can't it? You know, you know, make a big noise and people will follow you. Yeah. That can be one style of leadership. But say you're a quieter person and you like to lead through one-to-one relationships, well, then mm. lead in that way. And you can still instill incredible confidence and following, but in your way. But if yeah. you then tried to do it the shouty way, it wouldn't work. Likewise, if the shouty person tried to do it in the right <laughs> yeah. way, that wouldn't work. So really find out what your leadership style is, you know, who you are, yeah. how you could do it, and learn lots of skills of leadership because it's like it's like learning to play a piano. You build skill and skill and skill and skill. It's not just an automatic thing. You have to learn straight away to you can just yeah. play anything. Exactly. And so you've practiced, don't you? Yeah. You practice and you build skill. And it's like that with leadership. You practice and you learn. Um, yeah. And then it's finding the right support as well. So, you know, it's finding the right, you know, like you have a teacher. Yeah. Okay. But finding the people who will support you, who will encourage me. And I, and I and encourage you. And I had so much great support. Yeah. And I was given some really great breaks by people. And yeah. they supported me when they gave me that great break. So they gave me a good opportunity yeah. and then they were there with me as they took the opportunity so that I didn't feel like... All by yourself, yeah. 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 Um, so would you say it's easier for a girl 
to um to start a bit get to start getting into a business now than it was for you and if it wasn't then what advice would you give them um, I think it's I think it is slightly easier because the law is a bit clearer yeah okay so if I think about some of the questions I was asked um when I first entered into business they can't ask them anymore yeah so for example I was engaged so straight away there you've got an engagement ring on so if yeah. you're going to follow your husband to wherever he's going to work what's he going to do what's he going to do you know and it's like yeah. they can't ask you those questions anymore when you're going to have children they can't ask you those questions yeah so it's quite good now there's a lot of questions that they can't ask you that they used yeah. to ask you I mean they shouldn't have done it wasn't no. like any time it was like how yeah. are you did you ask him on that question no yeah. you didn't well come on then man yeah um so I do think um there's some things that um the law has made um it easier for a girl but there's yeah. a lot of bias so what I mean by that is um somebody will go um they like they think they're good at their job so what they do is they try and find somebody who's exactly like them to work for them because yeah right okay so if I'm a woman I'm being interviewed by a man I might not be exactly like a man yeah okay? but then he's thinking well she's not he's well they can't be good she can't be good because she's not like me yeah and when she talks she doesn't talk how I talk so she can't be good because I'm right yeah so that bits the hard bit so um I remember in one interview um this guy said to me that I lacked stature okay yeah right okay so my response to him was a bit cheeky. So I said, well, it's hard to have stature if you're five foot two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but what he meant was I wasn't connected and I wasn't in the networks that he was in. Yeah. Yeah. Cheeky man. I wasn't in the networks he was in, but actually I brought a very different skill set. Yeah. So I was a bit cheeky, but then I explained to him why I was different and I explained to him what I brought that could be useful. Yeah. yeah? So knowing the reasons why you are useful what you, who you are that helps what your yeah skills are and how that might help you get the job is important yeah um moving on to leadership do you think leadership is a skill or a quality that's a good question i think it's both <laughs> yeah so um i think there are people who have the quality have a quality of good leaders um and some people can't lead yeah and i think if people can't lead they shouldn't be made to be leaders. They sh- There's loads of really fabulous jobs and careers where you haven't got to be leading, yeah. um, you know, big groups of people. So don't don't try and do it um, or get help. Um, but I think, um, so there's, there's qualities that you have that make you a good leader. Yeah. And interesting people might be one, you know, yeah. you're leading people. Um, there's also um, skills that you learn. So um, I've learned a lot about leadership over over time yeah um how to how to lead lots of different types of people mm. um how to set a good plan so that people understand it so that they'll follow the plan uh, how to give somebody some kind of feedback to say to give them feedback that will be helpful for them um you know not avoid it you know those types yeah of things, yeah um how to pick good talent how to find talent and bring it in and what do you think the core skills of being a leader or leadership um so um i think you have to understand people you have to want to understand yeah so i think that's kind of a a skill that you have to have have yeah um i think you have to be able to communicate well because people need to be able to yeah understand what you're saying and so they can't read your mind (laughs) yeah yeah 
you've got to be able to um, establish good plans so that people can can follow them um so those are a few of them there's a lot of lots of different things so um you've had lots of leadership skills in your business that you're doing now which is dream on yeah um so what is dream on so dream on so um uh, dream on um is a business that i um wrote a plan about 17 years ago and i set it up 10 years ago Mm -hmm. and um when I talk about my life, you know, I was given a lot of opportunity. So in spite of having um, school reports that told me I needed to behave, yeah. my parents didn't tell me to stop being me. Um, despite struggling a bit at school, um, I was able to get the entry ticket to get to yeah. where I to get to. Then I managed to get into business. And then once I was in business, um, I was given a lot of support to develop and grow. So I had a one-to-one, I had coaching, I had training, I had lots of support. So... I was really lucky, so my life went well in terms of the opportunities I was given yeah. and the support I was given. So my interest was, um, what about women from other walks of life whose life didn't go like that? Yeah. What happened if we gave them the kind of support that I had with their lives get to work better? Yeah. Yeah? And one of my big frustrations in life is seeing people with a huge amount of talent and they don't see it in themselves and they don't believe in themselves. Yeah. So... I kind of thought, what would happen if we set up a business that helped address that issue? Yeah. And so that's really what it was all about. And um, it's a business, so um, it's a social enterprise, which is a model where you make money in one place and then you use that to offer free services to other people who can yeah. afford your services. And it's a charity, so we fundraise as well. So we do, um, we sell clothes, we do styling, because I'm very interested in image and style and reflecting who you yeah. are by how you look. So people look at you and they get an impression of who you're trying to be yeah not everyone should look the same but they get an idea of who you are yeah yeah seven percent of the impact of the, is the words we use and the rest is how we look and body language so it matters yeah. um i believe in training and coaching so that's what we offer as well so our models sell we sell clothes we do training and coaching for companies and make money from that and also we do some work on body and wellness as well yeah and that's part of the business so body and wellness Training the skills, style and fashion. Yeah. That's what Dream One is. All those three things combined to help women be their best. Yeah. yeah. So how did it start or form? Um, so, um, as I say, it started 10 years ago. Yeah. And um, it started with two experiments. So um, I decided I wanted to do it. Um, it's called Dream On. And I yeah. can thank my husband, Chris, for that. Because we, um, I decided, once I decided to leave, I decided to leave my corporate full-time big career. Yeah. Because I wasn't happy anymore. And those jobs are really demanding. So if you don't love them, you can't really do them. Because mm. they ask so much of you. So I decided if I didn't set up Dream On, then I'd never do it. So I thought, right, I'm going to do it now. Yeah. I We went on holiday. We were with some friends. I was telling my friend about it in the front of the car. Chris was in the back of the car. Started telling them, asked him for some ideas of names. Chris muttered under his breath, dream on. Right? Yeah. Put me down for this idea, pie in the sky. And my friend and I looked at each other and we went, that's the name. Let's call it dream on because dream on is a reason not to do stuff. Yeah. You know, you have that to your friends. Yeah. Yeah. Dream on. uh, But dream on actually is what this is about. It's dream it's dream on so yeah. um so we decided um we we, we um, set up a building and we converted a building 
and uh, set up the styling side. And I brought one of my friends in 30 years, yeah. um, Friendship, who helps with all the styling and fashion side, and then started to set up the other bits. But because it was just an idea, so I had this theory that if people from all walks of life were offered what I'd been offered, their lives could work better. Yeah. But that was just an idea. It wasn't true. It was just an idea. So I needed to run, I got to group together two groups of eight women. Yeah. um, And said to them, we'd like to trial trial this with you. Yeah. And we'll come on the workshops, come for for a a year with us, have all this training and all this coaching. We'll look at how you were at the start, the middle and at the end. Yeah. And see if it's made a difference or not. That's really interesting. Yeah. 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 And so I went to um, Steve Fenning from the Forge Church and said, could you suggest some people? Yeah. Names and approach people for me so that we could run our little pilots. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, what do you hope to achieve, like in the future with your business? Um. Well, so you know, you asked me a question earlier about kind of you've done big. Yeah. And some people kind of say to me, so you know, are you going to grow it? Have, have what, you yeah. Know, when you're setting up your next this and what expanded, <laughs> this could yeah. be a national business, and they say things like that to me. And I kind of go, I'm not sure I want that. Yeah. So um, when you have a big senior job, you end up overseeing everything but not doing enough. You don't do a lot. Yeah. People present everything to you done and you oversee it and check it's all okay. And kind of, yes, that's okay. And, you know, and it's all big stuff. And I quite like doing a bit too. Yeah. So um, at the moment, I want to do what we do really well. Yeah. Um, I'd like to be a bit bigger in East Anglia. Yeah. You know, to, so that's about being able to work with more women. So there's plenty of women and teenagers who would benefit from what we do. Mm-hmm. So um, we run teenage programmes, we run adult programmes. So um, I'd like to be able to do as much as I can of that based on the demand for yeah. it. Um, and I'll need to fundraise to do that. And I'll need to sell lots of clothes and do lots yeah. of for companies. But I'm limited by how much income we get. So I kind of want to... Um, but that's that's it. I don't have a big expansion plan. Do you have like a big dream that you want no. to make happen? No, no. And who knows if that would change? Yeah. Um, but I really love what I do. And I've always loved my work. Um, but I really love this. It's really fulfilling and seeing the change in people absolutely yeah absolutely right so the biggest thing you get the thrill you get your payment is the smile on someone's face yeah somebody telling you i can't let me tell you what i've just done yeah for goodness sake and you remember what they were like when you met them nine months ago yeah yeah it's really good what has it been your biggest success in um dream on in dream on my biggest success Good question. There's lots of successes I'm really proud of. Yeah. Um, so um, could just explain one of those. Yeah, yeah. So one of them. Um, so we um, we decided as a fundraiser to try and uh, get a Guinness World Record, and so we decided to do it for the longest ever fashion show, which is a 30-hour fashion show. <laughs> yeah. Right. And uh, to have a 30-hour fashion show, you have to have a model on the catwalk at all times. And every time a model comes on, the outfit's got to be different. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's got to be continuous. There's no breaks. Yeah. There's no breaks at all. So that is quite a challenging achievement yeah. to, to deliver. And so as a team, a team, we kind of got together and we started to plan it. 
and we're a little social enterprise in I we're, we're yeah. totally small and the um what Guinness World Record was held by um, a fashion house in America and yeah. a magazine. So it was a massive organisation. Yeah, and loads of models yeah. and, and all the equipment. Yeah. yeah, all the equipment, all the lighting, all the resources, amazing. And we're this tiny little thing <laughs> in, in I, and we're going yeah. to go at taking this Guinness World Record off the Americans. And so my, my biggest success was... It was the fact we tried to do it. We did it to fundraise. So we raised yeah. a lot of money for charity for the Blossom Charity to do what we did. Um, we stuck with it and did it, and we delivered it. It took us four hundred and sixteen days to plan. Four hundred and sixty-one oh. days for the Guinness World Record team to say we'd done it. Oh my god! Because we had to fight hard yeah. to say yes, you've done it. Because they kept putting blockages in our in when we submitted all yeah. the evidence. But the success for me that was such a delight was 120 volunteers involved and they yeah. gained so much confidence from being involved. Yeah. So to see all these people impacted, who wow. felt, who'd, people who'd been on our programmes and walked on, who modelled, who would never have set foot on a catwalk. Yeah. And the fact they did it and they loved it and they thought they were great and they got loads from it. To see, yeah. to see all, it was almost like seeing the whole of the system and the whole of the teams that we'd created and all the people we'd worked yeah. with all come together to deliver something really exciting. And to me, um, that was amazing. It had such yeah. a fantastic feeling. Really um, proud. Of of, yeah. 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 And um, and it was hard. <laughs> it yeah. was really hard. We were all exhausted yeah. at the end of it. So how long did you last then? What, yeah. was the, what was the record? So the record was 30 hours. We broke it. Yeah. We broke it. We broke the record. Um, and I think, I, I mean, um, a lot of us did 42 hours without sleep, just kept going through the whole time. Wow. <laughs> Adrenaline. <laughs> yeah. Excitement, teamwork. Um, and uh, and have this motto um, for Dream On um, and Boston Charity. Um, and, and we always say there's always a way. Yeah. Okay, there's always a way. And it's a really good motto to have. And so um, it was no more better uh, demonstrated than when we did that because yeah. there were so many reasons why we should never have been able to make that happen yeah and we did yeah that's really interesting yeah. but we're um close to the end of our podcast yeah. now i've just got one more question yeah. what would you tell your teenage self so can i say a few things I tell my teenage self only a couple of things not too much yeah 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 um so um the first thing is don't worry that you're not um, you're not sure what you want to do when you're at school and 17, 18. Don't worry about it. Just keep working out your next step. Yeah. And um, actually, you might not know what you want to do because you haven't found your passion yet. So just keep searching. Just keep yeah. searching, Bridget. Don't angst over the fact you can't, when people say, what do you want to be? And you can't answer that question. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's probably the first the first thing. And the second thing is you're not thick. Now that might sound a bit weird, but um, when I was at school, because I didn't fit the academic mould of our school, yeah, um, I was labelled as less intelligent. Yeah, um, I wasn't thick. I didn't learn the way they taught me. So they, yeah. they taught the way school was at that time. You were told you had to write it down, and then you had to write it down for an exam. I learned by talking. And experiencing, yeah, and making sense of, and seeing what other alternatives might be, and so school didn't work for me. 
So I thought I was thick. Yeah. And I wasn't clever. And it took me until my late 30s to understand the difference between being academic and being bright. Yeah. And I would have I'd have got that clear. And I wish somebody pointed that out to me when I was yeah. a teenager because I wouldn't have gone through for the first 30 years of my life thinking you're thick. Yeah. Well, thank you for talking to us today. Pleasure. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed listening to Talking Teenage Life podcast and that this discussion has inspired you. Please remember to subscribe via your usual podcast provider. We'd love you to leave a review online and don't forget to visit www.talkingteenagelife.com to find out what we're up to.